the schedule release. Ben, you claim schedule release is going to become a whole other event on TV oh, where Roger Goodell is going to come out and go, and here is the schedule for the Atlanta Falcons. And we're going to have to cover All right. So we're going we're gonna to say which games you think. No, no, no. The, 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 NFL, gonna, the NFL capitalized on everything. And when the players be saying stuff yeah. like, the players only ampled up even more. Listen, we, look, Kevin, listen, this, this is the cause that we're part of the problem segment yeah. uh, every day. No. The, the, the schedule, the thing about the NFL is this. They need headlines. As if to say, people don't talk about yeah. them every day. Tom Brady just happened to come out the same day the USFL say they're going to be coming back. I'm I'm coming back, right? Yeah. The Super C. Oh, I'm sorry, the XFL and all these other types. But now with the, with, the, with the schedule, Kevin, yes, I think it's a – coming from a guy who, as a team, didn't have a lot to celebrate <laughs> when I was in the National Football League because I go from, I go from you know, the Titans, the Bucks, and the Raiders. But, hey, when the schedule is a serious – because it's all about the primetime game, Kevin, you know, Monday night, Sunday sure. night, Thursday night, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Germany, London. Germany, London. I mean, <laughs> pretty soon, you know, they're going to be in the land down under trying to play. Who knows? But I will say this. Don't give Roger Goodell any ideas. I, I, listen, Roger Goodell probably sit back and go, why? I don't want to go out there. Go out there and do it. Listen, he got a press, he got a freaking press conference uh, newsroom, like in this freaking man that, cave. I, I would just, say, <laughs> I, I think this, it's all pretty funny, but we'll talk about it more in a minute. But I, I will say, having Roger Goodell come out is like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to release the schedule. We're going to do it one team at a time. We're going to go in alphabetical order. The Washington Commanders, you were last. But nobody cares about your schedule yeah, yeah, anyway. Nobody, so yeah, yeah, no fine. one cares about you. I mean, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. That, that just shows you how serious y'all <laughs> take football at this point. <laughs> and your backup doesn't eat steak. So I mean, Oh, my, oh my God. I'm, gonna, I'm not letting that go. I, that's no, going no, no, for, to forever I mean, going to be held over his head. As, as, as far as, as I'm concerned, what's what's worse, the not eating steak or the fact that he only eats chicken? I don't know. That's well. I mean, I don't mind chicken, but it's like yeah, but he only eats chicken. Life, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he thinks chicken no, think strips he, and he chicken, chicken nuggets. And nuggets. I think he eats any kind he's of chicken. He's a grown but, man. But yeah, I I I just think after some point you'd be like, I, don't you want to try something else? Like, don't you get tired of eating it? Like I mean, I've I've gone through phases in my life then where I've eaten chicken at almost like every meal because like hey it's you know it's not uh, bad hamburgers like chicken's that good thing is like okay I've had chicken ten days in a row with seven thousand different types of seasoning on it I, I I just I want something else is that such a crime and if it is why I, again I, I just want to know why he has never there had it, it. Is, not yeah, one there time it is. like mean, it's one thing to say like oh I don't eat red meat well, have you eaten it once. Yeah, I didn't like. Okay, fine, but never. That's a, that's that's <laughs> that's the stuff psychopaths are built on. You're getting ready to do something important, and they come with yes. me here. Sam, Sam, Dow. I mean, here's I what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sneak into Commanders Camp, and I'm gonna somehow make Sam Darnold eat red meat. And be like, you know what you just ate now? It's all over. He says, "Hold the on, what you say? You know, you like, you say? He's never had it." What yeah. you mean? He, what you mean? He's never had it. I'm gonna make. He, hold on. He's never had a burger either. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'm, just like, hey, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I gotta go handle some. Sam, yeah. come here. What? Try and, this and, chicken, and you just put a burger in the inside I mean, of the I chicken. Mean, I mean, the and, fact the fact that you can't have a kid's birthday party with Sam Howell because he's eating all the kids' food. Like, where are all the chicken strips at? <laughs> Sam, look, he's over there gobbling them off. Yeah. And then he quotes, "I bring my own chicken strips." Yeah. I got a nugget tray dinner. for the kids. The rest of us are gonna have burgers. And t- yeah, as no, adult, Sam's over there eating eat real food, and old Sam wants the boneless wings. But the uh, yeah, the schedule release is tonight. We'll talk more uh, about that. The Jaguars uh, have reached an agreement with 
Trayvon Walker. He gets the maximum kind of first. And I, I like the way they do this, uh, where it's really it's no hassle to get your your draft pick signed, as it shouldn't be, right? I mean, he's like uh, the, the the days of Sam Bradford walking in saying, "I want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league." Why? Who uh, to, to 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 steal a uh, a Ben Troop quote? Who is you? Who is you? Like, who I, is I'm you sorry, player? you're Sam Bradford. I know you won the Heisman Trophy, but we have guys named Brady and Manning and Rodgers who you know have actually done something in this league. Uh, I think who was I'm trying to think was it Taylor the one one of those guys that came out of Michigan he was like the highest paid tackle in the league has never played a snap I'm like I'm not saying you're not going to be good but let's not have a system where guys who are yeah. unproven are making the most uh, in the league uh, and, yeah. and so I, I like the fact that you get into the rookie slides like if you're really worth that money go earn it go show me and you'll probably get that second contract that will really pay you out and so. Jags get it done. Trayvon Walker, I think thirty-six million guaranteed, four years. Boom, done. Jeez. Get, get it. I mean, but to me, I'm a him. team that I'm mad at him either. I'm saying, but for the league, that makes it so much easier. Like, hey, I signed a guy, your number one pick. This is what the number one pick gets. Boom, done. Get to camp. Let's get to work. Let's make sure you're not going to let's, let's get be a bust. Uh-huh. Let's, let's, let's make sure you're not going to be a bust. Yes. Let's make sure you're going to put up numbers. Let, let's do all those things. We don't need. We don't need rookie holdouts. Holdouts should be. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, we should make sure we got that distinction for guys who have been in the league, who want more money. It shouldn't be for 100%, rookies. I like 100%. I, and again, I, I know people were like, I, I, a long, long time ago when they used to just have, you know, rookie deals, you could sign guys for whatever. It was like, well, last year guy got, last year's number one pick got this. I get num- I should get this plus 5%. Based on what? Because a year went by? What if you're not a better player than him? I, I just never understood that with, with the NFL, why you would let Rookies be the highest paid guys in your league versus guys who are, you know, putting up Hall of Fame numbers uh, out there in the National Football League. So we'll talk to John Shipley uh, about that coming up on the show. We'll get some of the very latest there from the Falcons as their rookies showing up for a rookie minicamp. But Ben, the Braves needed it last night and they got it. A walk-off against the Red Sox to split the series. Needed it. Orlando Arcia, two-run blast to walk it off in the ninth inning. The bullpen, I believe, covered... Uh, four innings or so, four, maybe three and some change, but another shutout uh, appearance for the bullpen last night where they came into lockdown. One, of the, uh, the numbers starting to bear down. They are one of the best bullpens, if not the best, in Major League Baseball uh, right now. And you had a much-needed win, a day off. So Ronald Acuna gets two days off to rest up, and you get the Padres coming in. Uh, again, it's not what you hope for a two-game sweep. You didn't get it, but you didn't lose a series. And... You're still hanging around. I, I I saw this yesterday where they were talking about just teams, and I know there's a lot of hand wringing about oh the Mets are so far ahead and this and that. It's like just just calm down. Like we see teams that get off to hot starts. Why are they hot starts? Because they're playing really well. Well, guess what? Over 162 games, they're going to go through some of the same struggles you do. They're going to have some stretches where they go two and eight and things of that nature, and and they don't play great baseball. Braves, I think I saw this yesterday. They're the only team. And it has to be still true because they won last night. Only team in Major League Baseball without a three-game losing streak. They are also the only team in Major League Baseball without a three-game winning streak, which means what? You're playing a lot of 500 baseball, give or take. If you do that for a majority of the season come August, September, you're going to have a chance to win. So, again, I think people need to calm down about, well, the Mets won again and the Braves – just worry about yourself. Like, we tell that to our kids all the time. Well, so just worry about yourself, and a lot of time it'll all even out. And I think for, for folks who are worried about, well, you don't want the Mets creeping too far away, I agree with that. 
but you're playing 500 baseball, the numbers will say if you keep playing around 500 baseball, you're going to at some point gain some ground and start to reel them in a little bit. So last night, fun, man, and uh, a chance to, uh, to to get a good walk-off. And I always find it uh, good for the team, Ben, when it's a guy like Orlando Arcia or it's a, a William Contreras or it is a... Ozzy Albies or somebody. It's, it's not, hey, if Acuna doesn't do it, we're probably not going to win. It's a different guy able to who, who at the end of the year can say and go, Atlanta Garcia doesn't really play that much. He was our DH. He walked us off a game. He won it for us. You know, Travis Demerit was in AAA when the year started. He's got he's come through clutch and won games for us. I, I like it that it's not just if our star players don't perform in the big spot, it's going to be tough. No, you need those guys. And again, last night, I would say an unlikely source because he just doesn't play that much. DH, a lot of people said, well, why not put Contreras? He's been playing well uh, in at the DH instead of Arcia. And what does he do? Has a couple of hits, including the game winner. Kevin, we always talk about the best teams. It's not about having the best players, it's about having the best role players. The thing, about this, the thing about this Braves team is the Braves won the World Series last year because everybody they got at the trade deadline played a key role. Were they superstars? Nope. No one's going to say Jack Peterson or Rosario, you know, or Soler were superstars, right? You know how you know? Because they were on different teams after the trade deadline. Did they play their role? Yes, because they accepted their role. The thing about Orlando, Arcia, uh, you know, uh, Kevin, is this. Like you said, the DH is special. The DH has a lot of pressure on him as well. You know, when you look at the fact that now you got the universal DH, but he came through in the clutch. This is what really make the clutch incredible. No extra innings. No one wants to do – no one wants to play a, a, a game and a half – to get a win, I like. I, I, it was it was dramatic fashion, but, but Kevin, I, I do agree. You know what to expect from Isaac. You know what to expect from Austin Riley or Matt Olson or Ron Lacuna. I like how people went from saying, "Oh my God, why not?" They got Orlando in there, and then when you go from, you know, he goes from, "Oh, why you got him in?" to a game over. And I, I just, I keep going back to the announcers and and just how they're sitting there going, "Man, it would be beautiful." It's like they sent ahead. It would be beautiful. If he just walked it off. Boom, hit that thing. <laughs> Got it. And I'm, I'm happy for him because, Kevin, I don't know how much – listen, the, I think the most pressure-filled uh, positions in baseball is a closer, is a, is a DH because you don't get but limited opportunity and people expect you to deliver. They go, oh, I mean – and I, and so for me, uh, what it does for Orlando is it gives – not just gives him confidence, but now when you do ask him, you know, when he is in the DH, hey, man, we've seen what he can do. And obviously he's not going to do that every time right. he's batting DH. But – Kevin, isn't baseball about showing, listen, sometimes you get to show your potential, you know, one night. And, and you did it with, in a team with, with, in Boston who's been reeling. They got a big win against, uh, you know, uh, to tie the series with, uh, you know, the, you know these Bravos. But very, very happy for Orlando because, listen, that's what any baseball team is. Like, you got role players. Everybody can't be a starter. Everybody can't be a key contributor. But if they ask me to come in on limited time and I walk that thing off, <laughs> and I will say this. Now with walk-offs on Kevin, you know the one thing's not allowed, they don't do the jump up in the air before they get on home because, you know, you don't want that. Listen, just yeah. run through. Uh, I don't want to see no limping. But, and if you, you know, play for Houston, you got to kind of yeah, you got to tuck, tuck, tuck the jersey, tuck jersey real tight. A little bit. But, no, I was happy for Orlando, happy for the Braves, happy for the fact, like you said, Kevin, playing, playing 500 baseball, I like the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. is a, is uh, embracing his kind of load management. Look, man, we're gonna we're gonna get you back in there every day, but right now we get and when he's not in the lineup and you still win against a team like Boston, hey man, that gives you all the confidence in the yeah. world. So Braves off tonight, they'll be back 
uh, tomorrow starting a three-game series with the San Diego Padres. we got so much to get to. John Shipley will join us later this hour. NFL schedule coming out. What does that mean for the Atlanta Falcons? With that next, is three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, Ben and Kevin. NFL is teasing us all day long with the uh, the NFL schedule release. I know a lot of people are just like, just just tell us the games already. Why not just put it out? Ben, we again the NFL again on some level it's maddening, and on some level you're like, doggone it. The 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 shield is genius, right? Because we have a draft, we eat it up for three days, which is nothing more. They've turned it into a big party with bands and music and entertainment and all that going on out in the street. And then you have a guy come to the podium and go, and with the 173rd pick, this kid that you probably never saw play at Montana State is going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Yeah, let's go. You know, guys are trying to, now you got the schedule where we already know who's playing in London. We already know who's playing in Germany. We already know who the opponents are. Like, we, we knew who the Falcons' opponents were be, would be. We just didn't know when they were going to be playing them. Now, you know, the big schedule release tonight, we know, hey, the Falcons, a lot of people saying, are going to open up with the Saints. And so you, you get this, like, trickle of information where it's like, okay, here's who you're going to play. In two months, we'll tell you when you're going to play them, and here's who your home and away games are going to be. And we'll, but when are we playing? No, we'll tell you that later. So it's all been a big league. I mean, the NFL, give them a lot of credit. I mean, never has there been so much concern about a schedule in all of professional sports. Like, Major League Baseball is like, hey, you got 162 games. It, does it really matter who you're playing on June 5th other than like, hey, I want to buy tickets. Who are they playing? Look, this is a, kind of in some ways kind of amazing, Ben, that the NFL does this. But at the same time, you get to schedule release day and like, Half the games are already out. Like, hey, we know who the Christmas Day games are. They're Christmas Eve. We know who the Thanksgiving Day matchups are. We know a lot of the primetime matchups all of a sudden. We know, according to people who follow the Saints, the Saints and the Falcons are going to be playing on opening weekend. The Jags know. Apparently, they're playing the Commanders opening weekend. Just put the schedule out. I mean, is that too much to ask? I mean, come on. Just put it out. Mm-mm. Kevin. I know you said mm-mm. it was a big day in the locker room. When it you was. Played it the- was. Well, back, well. Back in my back in, back, my, back in day. my day, no. Back when I played, uh, Monday night football was a huge deal. You think about guys that go their whole career never play on Monday night. Um, obviously, you got Sunday night, uh, which is a huge deal. Uh, you know the Sunday night, you know game, you know Sunday night football. You got Thursday night. We, you talk about Thanksgiving. You talk about Christmas. You talk about you know the new New Year's game, New Year's Day games. But this is a lot for the fans, right? To the fanatics out there who you know. I, listen, I've been going to every game for the last 20 years. I want to know, you know, because, listen, if you are Seattle, you're going to get a lot of freaking fly miles. And if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you're not. As you <laughs> Kevin, they're not going that far. They're not going. They're, yeah, they, they, they said go, the every se- game is going to be in the, in the Eastern time zone for, you know, for uh, for Pittsburgh. But I think I think it's just where we are in the world today. Like, everything is news. Uh-oh, a schedule release. A schedule <laughs> release that, that we saw. Yeah, it's all, Because, Kevin, the, 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 and this is what it really is. This is where dreams get shattered. Certain fans out there think, man, we're going to have a Joe Burrow, Cincinnati type turnaround, and then the schedule comes out. And you like, mm. like, 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 like Atlanta. Atlanta gets the AFC North and the NFC West. I mean... So you get the defending. Listen, listen. You get you get both. You you got you got two years ago defending world champs in your division. You, you get the current you get the current Super Bowl champs. You know you get the current Super Bowl champ and the rest of that division this year, and you get Lamar Jackson. 
And you get Joe Burrow. And you get Pittsburgh. And who going to block Miles Garrett? My, that's before you even talk about your division. So I will say, Kevin, yes, is it theatrics? Absolutely. Is it, is it, is it overrated? Yeah, because everything's over. Like, like, we can look at anything. This is what this really is, Kevin. Uh, the NFL goes, man, you see, you see like, uh, you see like uh, NCAA tournament, they start announcing who's going to play what. Oh, my God, you got different regions, north, south, east, and west. Oh, my God, Creighton got so-and-so. Yeah, but that you really don't know. Like, you can guess all you want, but until they put it out, like, this, we know who the Falcons are going to play. We just don't know when. Right? Well, I mean, like, we know who they're playing. Well, well, we just don't know well, Kevin, if it's on a Kevin, Thursday now, when we or first Monday. Saw, when, we, when we first saw it, we went, oh, they got the NFC West. Oh. Because we started going through the quarterbacks, right? Because you identify teams and, you know, quarterbacks, head coaches, whatever. You start saying Kyler Murray. You, know, you, you start saying, uh, you know, Stafford. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, Garoppolo, Drew Locke, whoever's going to be the quarterback up at Seattle. But then you go Lamar. Then you go Joe Burrow, but is it going to be Garoppolo in uh, San Francisco? I don't know. I mean, well, uh, I mean, could I, it be and Trey I, Lance? I, and I know, and I, it could be Kevin. Now, this is the thing about Trey Lance. I don't like it when coaches say this. Kyle Shanahan say, "Quote: He didn't work on his throwing motion." Let me tell you something, Kyle. I've been throwing the same way my whole life. My whole life. Remember when Tim Tebow thought he was going to change up his? How did that last? Oh, I, it didn't. Because Kevin, you've been throwing. You know, you want a playoff you, game. You've been throwing the same way your whole life, Kevin. We kind of want you to. Kind of want me to what? People told, people told Philip Rivers, that is the ugliest release we've ever seen. Kind of worked out well for him, right? Kind of worked out pretty good. I, I played with Vince Young. They had a little kind of like a side, kind of like a sidearm release. My natural instincts is how I throw the football. Like, and I'm going to say this. I did not know this. I used to ask people, man, what are the laces for on the, on the football? They'd be like, that's what, that's what you grip. I've never. I've never thrown a football because my hands are big. You, you my throw hand, it with non-laces? No, 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 no. I will put my hand, like the, the 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 palm of my hand is like, that's the part that's touching the laces. They said, no, you're supposed to Do grab Do you still it. throw it like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I've always thrown it. Like, Kevin, come on. And then people Kevin. say, and Ben, that's why you didn't play and quarterback. That's why I didn't play quarterback. <laughs> well, I also, thought, I also thought that, you know, the throwback units had, yeah. uh, you know. The Georgia uh, Power a, logo. Yeah, Georgia yeah. Power. So, I mean, but but like I said, when it comes to, when it comes to the uh, – the prestige that is known as the, uh, you know, NFL schedule, it's it's really just NFL. Oh, because it's so polarizing. What do they do between the last game of the year? I mean, sure. Super Bowl now it's you know, oh here come here come pro days. Here comes you know the draft. Uh oh, now we got schedule release. The schedule release. Because yeah. what they talk about now on all the NFL networks. Oh man! Oh my God! Oh, last year when they played them, they gonna get the hell bit out of them. Yeah. I, like, like you're not going from if you're in the top ten this year. That's really the, the fun the, part. The best is breaking you can hope it down, yeah. is to be, you know, if I'm in the top five, the best I can hope is being in the bottom ten. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, from six to ten or ten to fifteen. But yeah, Kevin, it is the NFL. Like right now, Kevin, we got three days for the draft. Kevin, I'm telling you, when it go to when it go to a whole week, and we say, all right, man, listen, we're going <laughs> to the draft. We're only gonna be there for the first, second, and third day. I'm not doing the fourth round, fifth because. Everybody wants they everybody wants their moment, right? Everybody wants their moment now. But the NFL, slow, listen, rookie mini camps that ain't yeah, that ain't really getting no headlines. NFL schedule release. Oh my yeah. God! Did you see? <laughs> oh, here you go. Oh, when they say, oh my God, um, Kansas City travels back to Tampa Bay Super Bowl rematch. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not regular season. Move on. You know, like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. I get it, but. That's why these quarterbacks are so important because once your quarterback becomes a you know a big time QB now it, it's not the Bucks versus Kansas City yeah. it's Mahomes versus Brady that's what sells but 
if you don't have any primetime games for one or two reasons. One, because you stink. Not y'all fault. And number two, <laughs> and number two, no one wants to see that. Like, think about it. Primetime yeah. games for everybody to see. The Jags so, will have one against the Titans on the Thursday night. That's pretty standard. Uh, the Titans and the Jags is guaranteed <laughs> to have a to have a, you know at least one a, Thursday a, night a, game. Yeah. Not, you know, a drag out, you know, just but, but Kevin, remember when they did the, the cold color waves? It looked like I mean, it looked like it looked like a like a like a like a like a, a snow cone versus mustard out there. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough. I mean, cause think about it. The, no. all, like, the Smurfs, the Smurfs versus the mustards out there. And hey, I I, I am uh, I do I do get intrigued by the by the uh, schedule release because like I said, Kevin, the worst and best day of football is opening day. Everybody's optimistic. This could be the year. <laughs> I feel something in the air. Did they kick the ball off? Up oh, on one. So all I'm saying is yes, the schedule release is it overblown? Yes. Do we still love it? Yes. Why? Because it's the NFL. The NFL knows this. The NFL is your favorite sandwich. And for Sam Darnold. That show is hell in a hand and hamburger. That's going to be some type of chicken strip sandwich for him. But yeah, Kevin, they know. Look, we the NFL. No, no matter what we do, people going to buy it. No matter what we sell them, people going to buy it. No matter what we say, people going to consume it. Even NFL schedule releasing, and they talking about it right now. They got a show right now. Say, listen, man, we got a, we got a great show for you, man. The schedule release special. We're going to be talking about. Wait for it. Who the teams are going to play? What? And we got seven. Listen, and we got six hours of jam pack. Don't want to hear it. But, but that's what we do. But that's what they do. Yeah, but because the, the first thing we will do once we get the full Falcon schedule is go, no, was uh, that six and a, six and 11? Like, yeah, that's what you do. You look at it and go, I see about six wins on that. And I see about five. Like, you start going down, and I think you see, hey, how many tough games do you have back-to-back and so on and so forth. It makes it very interesting. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go uh, throughout the show. Also, John Shipley will join us. We'll talk Jaguars. We'll talk lawsuits. We'll talk. Trayvon Walker finally got his deal done and more when he joins us next. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out. On the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. NFL schedules will come out later tonight, although we know bits and pieces of them already, but busy time there in Jacksonville. Gotten the deal done with Trayvon Walker and certainly uh, legal news going on around Jacksonville as well. Joining us here to keep us up to date on all of that uh, from Jaguar Report, John Shipley joins us on the program. John, welcome. How are you? Hey, doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Let's start first off with the uh, the problem that never seems to go away, and that's, uh, that's Urban Meyer and now the team getting sued because of Urban Meyer and kind of the added, uh, the atmosphere that was created around the team. Where do you see this uh, lawsuit headed in the in the coming weeks? No, I, I, I definitely think it's something that, you know, the Jaguars will probably, you know, want to get, you know, and this is just me, you know, speaking, you know, personally from my perspective and how I would see things logically. You know, you'd imagine it's something that they would want to get, you know, wrapped up, you know, rather sooner and later, you know, get all the bad headlines out of the way. What, I, what I'm really interested to see is how it affects the Jaguars in their, you know, pursuit of getting – Urban Meyer, you know, fired without cause. I mean, fired for cause. Because it really seems like this would be the perfect, you know, especially if we can get proven in court, the perfect setup to really make sure to fire Urban without, you know, having to pay him any of the money that, you know, he was due over his, you know, four or five-year contract. So I'm not sure if it'd be anything immediate, but I do think that this could, you know, be a domino effect for a couple different things. 
John, even, even even to that point, you think about a guy like Josh Lambeau, who would have ever thought that, you know, a kicker's lawsuit from, you know, just not just, I mean, uh, Urban Meyer literally kicking him and the atmosphere that they created. You go back to the, you go back to uh, everything that was said about Trevor Lawrence, like, oh, my God, I mean, just a new day and uh, how, you know, James Robinson and Chris Doyle and all these different things. How good of a shot do you think, uh, you know, Mr. Khan and uh, the Jaguars organization got in saying, look, we don't want to give him any money left on his contract and this is why? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think, you know, just as things pertain, you know, to, to Lambo, I think the important thing to remember is that I don't think it's, you know, would be very hard for a generous to prove that, you know, he was released, you know, due to his performance. You know, the alleged incident, you know, with Meyer happened, you know, well before he was ultimately released, you know, by the Jaguars. And then as for Meyer, I think that there's a long line of things that, you know, the Jaguars could point to, you know, for their case, uh, you know, for firing him for cause. I think, you know, even just beyond the Lambo aspect, I think looking back at, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Athletic, you know, their story that they did on the Meyer era, I believe, you know, they reported that DJ Chark, you know, suffered a finger injury that he had had surgery on. I mean, he missed, you know, I remember he missed most of training camp the entire preseason with it. He got it because he was doing, you know, a certain specific blocking drill with Meyer personally. So I just think there are lots of, you know, really pieces of evidence that they can use against Meyer. John Shipley joining us here on Three and Out, and uh, obviously you said a lot of uh, situation. Do you see? Do you think there will be any other players kind of add their name to that? Obviously, when you're talking about creating a environment uh, of verbal abuse and physical, is there anybody else that you think would be willing to throw their name in on that, or is this just going to be limited to uh, one player versus the organization? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, you know, ultimately just something that will be, you know, kind of left to, you know, the parties currently involved in it, you know, guys, you know, like Lambo. I think most people, you know, who were here during the Urban Meyer era have, you know, moved on, whether it's Jaguars who are still with the team, who are moving on with the new coaching staff, whether it's guys like DJ Chark who have moved on, you know, to new teams throughout the league. But, you know, Lambo's a rare case because he's somebody who, you know, he hasn't really moved on because, you know, since the Jaguars released him, he hasn't been with the team. He's one of the few people who, you know, still has a reason to talk about the Meyer era, whereas, you know, most other people, they don't have much of a reason to talk about it anymore. You know, it, it happened. It was obviously terrible. But, you know, most people who were there, you know, within the organization, you know, will agree, you know, truly how awful it was that, that you know, they've moved on and they're, you know, in the Doug Peterson era. And, John, I switch gears. I mean, Trevon Walker, number one overall pick in this uh, recent uh, 2022 NFL draft, signs his rookie deal, I think, what, $38 million guaranteed. Obviously, uh, the rookie, the rookie uh, salary cap or the rookie wage scale is definitely, uh, uh, you know, definitely uh, proven to be really, really great for the NFL right now, getting all rookies in. But, but now it's time for you to see what you have in a guy in Trevon Walker. Like, obviously, a physical freak, a guy that has about as high of a ceiling as you're going to get, but – what a realistic expectation for him in uh, in year one. Yeah, no, I, I think the expectations are, you know, really for him to make a tangible difference. You know, I know obviously he's been labeled as somebody who, you know, is a long-term project and you're probably not going to start getting the production you really, you know, desire out of him until year two, year three, et cetera. But I think if you're selected number one overall, and, you know, Doug Peterson even said this before they even, you know, a few days before they made the pick that, if you, they're picking the number one overall, they have to be right that that player is an impact player. So I think the expectations are still, you know, while Walker is learning and for him to, 
you know, be kind of in a simplified role perhaps, but for his athletic traits to, you know, show week in and week out and for him to make some production. John Shipley, Jaguar Report, joining us here on 3 and Out. And as these rookies come together, who's the guy that you are kind of most looking forward to seeing actually get out on the field and do something that the Jags have brought in here via the draft? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely excited to see Devin Lloyd, you know, get on the field and really do everything that the Jaguars envision him out of their scheme. You know, they're a really linebacker-centric scheme. You know, the linebackers are really the lifeblood of, of the scheme because, you know, everything that they do from the foot packages to coverage to their run-fit responsibilities, the linebacker is the most important position in Mike Caldwell's defensive scheme. So I'm excited to see Lloyd uh, get out there on the field. Yeah, he's already in Jacksonville working with a personal trainer that a lot of the Jaguars players like Josh Allen, DeWan Smoot, uh, Devon Hamilton, Jason Fettle, you know, they all work with him. Jason Smith at Rise and Grind Training. Devin Lord is already in Jacksonville, you know, as recently as last week working with this guy. So that shows you how ready he is to go. He was sticking with a guy like Devin Lord. I mean, he he's a guy to where when they when, when the Jags moved back up in the first round to get him, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau went, what, five overall, and uh, Lord was the one that was a uh, Pac-12 player of the year. This guy can do it all in the linebacker position. I was surprised that he even went as low as he did. You talk about being an impact player. You obviously, you know, when you look at the fact that they moved on, pairing him, you know, with a very, very still young linebacker core, how quick of an impact – I know we talked about Javon Walker, but how quick of an impact can you know, can our Lord have in uh, in his rookie season? Yeah, no, I I think absolutely that the you know big thing with the Jaguars rookie class is you know versatility, and I think you know specifically with Lloyd is you know how many areas can you really help out the defense you know individually you know whether it's pass coverage, whether it's you know blitzing, whether it's coming off the edge. So I think. You know, just looking at several of the picks they made, you know, both Walker, Boyd, Chad Muma, he's another versatile guy. Luke Fortner, he's really versatile, you know, as a center who has experience at guard. It really it really seems like that, you know, at, at this point, the theme of their draft class is versatility and seeing, you know, how many different roles these guys can play. So I think being able to get them on the field, you know, really for the first time together, you know, at minicamp uh, starts tomorrow. It's going to be a great opportunity for the Jaguars to start you know, figuring out, you know, how they want to use all these new, you know, versatile toys, basically. John Shipley, Jaguar Report, uh, joining us. John, do you think the Jags will be more improved on the defensive side or the the offensive side? I know everybody's going to talk Trevor Lawrence uh, and and his development, and maybe you look at this as kind of a start over uh, for him getting all the the Meyer regime out of there, but where do you think they have the chance to be most improved here in 2022? Yeah, no, I I really think the offense – you'll see the most improvement. Not because I think, you know, they made the best moves this offseason on the offense or, I mean, you know, three of the top four picks, you know, were defensive. They had made several big defensive signings, you know, just as many equally as offensive signings. You know, they've you know, really put more resources into the defense. But I just think the offense, you know, it has such a, you know, different spot that it's coming from. The Jaguars' defense last year was bad, but the Jaguars' offense last year, it was, you know, all-time historically bad. It was completely, you know, inept in really every way from its design to its execution. So I think if they can playing, you know, like an NFL offense, that's leaps and bounds better than what they saw last year. And, John, I don't – now, look, I don't expect uh, the Jags to do what, you know, uh, Cincinnati did in year two with a guy like Joe Burrow. But 
You talk about what Doug Peterson brings to the front office. You talk about the fact that you finally got, you know, some weapons like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and, you know, Evan Ingram, and hopefully a healthy, uh, you know, uh, Travis Etienne. How big of a jump, though, do you think uh, a guy like Trevor Lawrence can have in year two in the AFC South that, let's face it, if you can find a way to kind of like, you know, slow down Derrick Henry in Tennessee, you got a shot to make a run at this thing. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, they absolutely want, you know, this to be something where they're picking up steam, you know, in year one, this or Jaden, that they don't want it to be, you know, something that's a, you know, three-year, four-year, you know, fix. Obviously, it's not something they envision as overnight, but I think, you know, with Lawrence's talent, they absolutely do see him as a player who's, you know, capable of taking them, you know, if not to the top of the division this year, to at least being much more competitive and, you know, maybe competing for that second spot. You know, maybe seeing if they can knock off at all, you know, the Titans and the Colts, you know, and the advances they made this offseason. I think Lawrence, you know, obviously showed enough talent last year that there's, you know, plenty to be excited about. But just until you actually see the production, it's going to be hard to believe that the Jaguars, you know, are more than, you know, a, a team with just a handful of wins that they were last year. So I think obviously the baseline potential is there for Lawrence. You know, he really flashed last year. And then get them in, you know, a right ecosystem with Doug Peterson. I think that there is a potential for, you know, a quick turnaround. John, do you think Trevor Lawrence could be a top half of the league quarterback? I'm not talking top ten, but could he be a quarterback that's in the top half of the league by the time the season's done? I, I, I do think there's, there's a scenario where, you know, you see him at, at the end of the season where you can confidently say, okay, he's the guy, he's somebody who, you know, you know, He's a better than at least half of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that if you can see him and Peterson quickly mesh and the Jaguars, you know, an offensive scheme, and they can get simply the scheme down enough to the point where they can make things easier on Lawrence and help his natural talent kind of make it where he doesn't have to be Superman on every play, then I absolutely think he has the talent to, you know, quickly rise into that tier of, you know, maybe not a top 10 quarterback, but maybe, you know, a top 16, 17, 18 quarterback. John Shipley, Jaguar Report, our guest here on 3 Now. John, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, appreciate you guys. John Shipley joining us here on 3 and Out. And, uh, and Benny talked about rookies getting in there. And you you t- talk about Trayvon Walker and, and, and Devin Lloyd. You also got a center uh, in that third round out of Kentucky. So you did get a little bit of offensive help early in the draft. And uh, he said he thinks Jackson will be more improved on the offensive side uh, of the football here in year one under Doug Peterson. Well, you would think so, Kevin. I mean, when you think about a guy like Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, he—it's not like he's like he does. He lacks talent. He showed last year that he's not a front runner. He showed last year that he's a team player. He showed last year that he's durable. I remember the game the way they took him out. And he begged to come back in for the second half. Begged, begged for his teammate James Robinson to get more touches, which shows that he wants to get the best players out there on the field. They gave him Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, everything. I'm hoping you get a healthy uh, Travis E.T. Cam Robinson's going to be there for some years. You get a center, Kevin, that maybe if he's good enough can put him right there at the center position, which is going to be definitely an upgrade. But I still go back to Devin Lord. I don't think people understand because of. Where he played, not how he played. Most people don't know where Utah is on the map, let alone <laughs> do they play football. But this young man was Pac-12 player of the year. Who's in the Pac-12? That would be USC. That would be Arizona. That would be Oregon. Kayvon Thibodeau. This young man was Pac-12 player of the year. Big-time player going to be able to step in and, and provide some uh, some depth to a very, very young front seven. Oh, by the way, and Tra- uh, Trevon Walker, hey, man, let me hold something. First <laughs> overall pick, $38 million fully guaranteed. Not bad. No? Not a bad. That's all you got, I'll take it. Yeah, not a bad payday there for him. We got more to come here. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
Good to have you back here on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, coming up on May 21st out at the, the Landings Club, ESPN Diabetes 5K. Uh, coming up, raising money for, uh, or not raising for, but raising money to uh, purchase insulin for those uh, who cannot. Obviously, if you are a diabetic, or I say insulin-dependent uh, diabetic, that is stuff that you you got to have. You can't live without it. So uh, we're there to help uh, defray uh, that cost and raise money to do that. You can go to ESPNCoastal.com, go to the uh, our ESPNCoastal.com and get all the information, a link to sign up uh, to register for the race. So uh, you can go get all the information right there. I encourage you to do that, and that's coming up on May the 21st at the Landings Club. So we'll have a lot of uh, information uh, about that, but I uh, want to encourage you to go ahead and get signed up and uh, come out and join us on the 21st of May. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, the, I mean, uh, the Diabetes 5K is always uh, can't do it for, you know, a better cause. As you mentioned, I mean, being able to purchase insulin for people in need uh, that, have the, that have diabetes. I mean, we talk about being able to have something that, one, listen, I have retired. For those of you who are wondering, yes, I have retired from the uh, 5K. Uh, one and done for me. <laughs> uh, we'll not, we'll, if, you know, we'll be a spectator. We'll be rooting people on. Uh, but yes, but, uh, you know, the Diabetes 5K, definitely go to ESPNCoastal.com uh, to get signed up. I mean, uh, you know, uh, raises uh, a lot of money for people to be able to uh, go out there and uh, buy insulin for themselves. Yep. As you mentioned, people that definitely need it day in and day out. But uh, ESPN 5K, ESPNCoastal.com, go, you know, go, yep. go get signed up. Absolutely. Uh, again, coming up on the 21st, I know Christian was talking about trying to get me to run. I was like, I will... I'm not gonna say I'm gonna run. No, I will say. I mean, because I I, 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 I will, I will. Yeah, yeah. Do me me and Cody, I, I, listen, whatever. Bj, Bj thinks. Bj always say, well, they say that you know athleticism is defined by you know running. No, no, no. They. But <laughs> no, what kind no of? Know why he said that? Because because he, he could finish ahead of. Yeah, me. exactly. Now you know you notice when you know we started talking about going to the track and doing some sprint events. Well, you know, eh. You don't really <laughs> do. But I will say this: when I did it, when I the first time, I don't know how Bj talked me into running this thing. Uh, the second second time I did it with uh, me and Cody, listen, listen, me and Cody was in the back enjoying our lives, uh, just having a nice little conversation and whatever came through the line. I mean, hey, so yeah. listen, listen, it's about making it to the finish line, not how fast, but there was a guy that when we did do it, he was a professional runner, and he did it twice before I came through <laughs> once. And I'm like, dude, won't he slow? And then, listen, ran through twice before I did it once, and then when I got it, he didn't, you know, he done showered, and he over there chilling. Like, as I said, didn't I see you? Yeah, I did it twice. I was... I was a little slower this year. Yeah, show off. Yeah, but, anyway, but at the end of the day, you know, go to ESPNCoach.com to get signed up yeah. for the Diabetes yeah, 5K. The ESPN Diabetes 5K coming up on May 21st. I, I may go around. I don't know. I, don't, like, don't, I said, don't listen. Don't let, you know, I'm not going to give in to peer pressure. There's one thing that I've. Oh, yeah, I, Kevin, I is. No, I mean, I mean, Kevin, no, say, no, I'm going to do a masterclass on peer pressure. Here it is. No, there's a lot, there's, don't there's, do it. Yes, there's a lot. Good. I will say there's a lot of things that <laughs> I may not be good at. St- saying no to people is not, is I'm pretty good. Kevin, you gonna tell I'm not them no? Doing it. Not, not doing it. www.imnotdoingit.com. Yeah, not or I'm very good at not, <laughs> talk to my friends. Like, not next. Why would he do that? He just, he just said he wasn't gonna do it. If I Kevin, tell you not gonna do Kevin it, Kevin said gonna do it. he's not gonna do it. Listen, two things Kevin's not gonna do. Sam Howard on eat steak. Yeah, Kevin's not doing a five k. We'll see. Coming up, hour two, take three next. Great to be back. Hour two of three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. A lot to get to here on the show. NFL's going to finally allow us to see the schedule. So, thank you, Roger Goodell. We'll have to wait till 8 o'clock, even though, like, a game every 10 minutes is coming out. It's like, oh, did you hear that? We have to wait till 8 o'clock to the official thing. But uh, thank you, Roger Goodell, for allowing us mere mortals to get a glimpse of the schedule at the end of the day. That being said, let's take three. 
Not salty about it at all, Ben. No way, shape, or form. <laughs> just tell me what. Just tell me the games, man. That's all I want. We're gonna show right. you who the home and away is. We're not gonna tell you when. Well, we know. Well, we kind of know. Yeah. <laughs> then you find out. Hey, the Falcons are gonna play the Saints in week one. Like what? Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna try to. You know, try to keep you in suspense. This is not a take three question. Odds the Falcons get a primetime game in twenty twenty two. Unless it's not. Unless it's a slow week. <laughs> It's larger week. <laughs> how, 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 slow, how slow does the week have to be for them to get I'm a, talking about it's got to be Atlanta traffic. Gridlock. No one's going anywhere. It's the Falcons and Saints, it's I guess. It's punishment this year know. watching the Falcons and Prime. So you're watching it. The whole game? Whole game. <laughs> may, may, may play at morning time. <laughs> Even one of the 9 a.m. kickoffs. Moving on. Take three. Take one. Man, the rookies are in at Flowery Branch. Which rookie will have the best season? Not which one needs to, not which one is supposed to, which one will have the best season for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm gonna go with Arnold Ebakiti or Ebakita. I'm gonna get your name. I'm gonna get your last name right, young man. Mr. Arnold E. E B. I think Kevin Cuts for me, I, he had a first round grade, uh, you know, coming out of you know, coming out of Penn State. I mean, 18 tackles for loss, uh, in 2021, led you know, led his team. I think Sometimes, Kevin, we get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of the number one of, of the first round pick. The first round pick, obviously, you know, uh, you know, I mean, uh, when you think about the fact that uh, at the end of the day, you know, Drake London's going to have to definitely put up put up numbers. I think that Kevin, if Arnold Eb, Arnold Ebakiti, Arnold Ebakiti, whatever, Arnold, I'm gonna call him Arnold Eb until I until I uh, until I figure out his last name so I don't butcher it. If he, he he needs to have the best season, Kevin, because you're gonna need a consistent pass rush. Like you're gonna need listen, and when people hear that, that's wait a minute, Ben. You mean to tell me he don't got to sack the quarterback? No. But he needs to make sure that quarterback don't just sit in the pocket and just go through a menu like he had his favorite restaurant. Oh, do I want to go to this guy or that guy? And the sooner Arnold E. B. can uh can start like figuring out what his role is, it's gonna help Lorenzo Carter, who is on on, on a rookie, I mean on a one year deal. It's gonna help Grady Jarrett. It's gonna help AJ Terrell. So I just think that for me, at the end of the day, Arnold E. Arnold Arnold E. B. Arnold Ebikiti definitely gonna have to have the best season as a rookie, Kevin, because you know what you like I know. John Abraham sit back and go, dude, we ain't had a pass rush since I was a John Abraham. John Abraham's last year in, at, at uh, South Carolina uh, was 99. My first year <laughs> in college was 2000. Like, that's how long it's been. Love you, John Abraham. Love you, Dwight Freeney. Love you, Isaac Yuma Yura. Because we only go get guys that's been in the league, you know, for 10 years I was going to say, who was, already. who was the – this is a, the, the, the an honest question. Who was the last defensive end that the Falcons developed? Developed? I mean, Vic Beasley led the league in sacks once – and then had a, a big slide back. He's, as soon as his deal was up, he was no longer on the team. Who's the last DN that the Falcons actually developed into a big-time pass rusher? I guess you, it would be Vic, but again, I, I mean, that was I, one I, season. Yeah, I wouldn't say they developed him into a big-time pass rusher. I think that they want to try to justify his pick by, by letting him stay there five years. Because here's the thought. Have you, have, you heard from Vic, have you heard from Vic Beasley since Atlanta? Have you seen Vic Beasley since Atlanta? And I'm not going. I'm not really coming at Vic Beasley like that. I just think about that, Kevin. Jesse Tuggle. Well, he was a, Jesse Tuggle was a linebacker, though. But I mean, who at the end have they have they developed? I'm asking. I, 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 I mean, John like, Abraham. Like, like, they they John, brought John, in. John Abraham was nice, but right? they brought him in. Yeah, no, I don't. In free agency from they, the Jets, they, right? They, I think they brought yeah, him in from the Jets. They drafted 
Uh, Kearney, Kearney, they brought him in from uh, like yeah, Seattle, yeah. right? Patrick Kearney, they did not. They did not bring him from Seattle. Yeah, they know they did. Oh, not saying they, uh, well, he wasn't you, in development. You, when or you not. say development, you're saying from a rookie, like, like they actually went out and said, "This is a guy we can see as a DN." Jamal Anderson. <sighs> Oops. And when I and when people say, "Wait, well, Jamal Anderson did a dirty bird?" No, that's the running back. Yeah, we're talking about the guy Jamal from Arkansas, top ten pick, by the way. I mean, and, but, I, and to me, Kevin, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like who's it? So, uh, who is it? Deadrian Sinat? No, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of guys. I think about what we're saying. That's like somebody saying, "Hey, man." Give me, give me an Atlanta Braves great. You're just going to go and go and go and go. Right? Right? Who's, you know, the, the Hawks and the Falcons got a lot of common. I was going to say, you better not go there. No, no, the Hawks and the Falcons <laughs> got a lot of common. No, this thing, right? Dominique, Trey Young, a lot of mm, in between. Kevin, you know just like I know, Dan, Atlanta is not in the mood for developing no defensive ends. And, 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 and to me, right, that's the problem, though. You haven't had a defensive end to make any type of impact since Vic Beasley led the league in sacks. Leading the league in sacks is great. That's a great feat. That's like leading the league in touchdowns, right? But the goal is to lead the league in sacks and to be a continual like contributor. Kevin, you I mean, you pose a great question. This, boy, talk about a day you need a BJ just for that stat. BJ go, oh, what about what about who? What what John Abraham Jr. Jr. No, it's bad, and 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 think about how much pressure Arnold Arnold Ebikiti is under, right? Sure, he's second round pick. You can't. I mean, you can't find. And, and let me say this, right? I don't want to try to make it seem as if Atlanta is the place to where you just can't develop defensive players. No, 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 no. It just it has to be a focal point. You don't believe the focal points matter? All right. Matty Ice has consistently had a number one receiver, Roddy White, Julio Jones. Tony Gonzalez, all those guys leave. Kyle Pitts. Like, they're going to make sure he has a theme, right? When Atlanta was at his best, they could run the football, right? Now, they don't even run the football anymore because it's not a focus. So, for my for my money, Kevin, Albert, Al, you know, listen, Albert, Abakiti, I mean, Arnold, I'm sorry, Albert, Arnold Abakiti yeah. get a chance to go out there and hopefully learn from Lorenzo Carter, you know, play well beside a greater Jerry because Kevin – it's time, man. It's one of those things sure. where, I, look. I, At some point, one's got to hit. And, you think? And, and, I mean, and listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Two things you're going to hear, hear in all sports. Two things. Two, two different phrases. One, it's time. Like, it's time. And let's go. Like, if you are the D-line coach, Kevin, who has a harder job in sports than the D-line coach at, at Atlanta? Because you're thinking, fellas, listen, it's hard for me to keep going to this uh, – Team meeting room or a staff meeting room, they're like, oh, let's talk about the DNs. Can we talk about something else? Can we just – can I talk to you in private? Because it's rough. So yeah, not I producing. will say, Kevin, think about this. Yeah, let, let that be a poll question. You know, I mean, when's the last player at Atlanta, at defensive end, that got developed by the Falcons? Yeah, like, Who, who's like, the last DN they drafted and developed into a pass rushing threat? I'll and, 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 and listen and, – and we're not we're not talking about a one year one. We're talking about a consistent. I think you can go all the way back. Uh, God, on, didn't they draft Andre? Was it Andre Bruce out of Auburn? Way number one, way back when. Uh, was Chuck Smith out of Tennessee? Was he a? Was he a Falcons draft pick guy? I'm trying to think back in the uh, you know the uh, in the late nineties. If if he came over from, I'm trying to think. Uh, my my brain's got to go way back. I'm trying to think if Chuck Smith maybe was, but. We'll look. Uh, we'll look into that. Moving along, we gotta go. Keep going. Take two. Which second year quarterback, Ben? 
do you think will have the best 2022? You talk about that group of them mm-hmm. that all came in in that yeah. quarterback class last year. Who do you think has the best 2022? Mac Jones. I love Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be incredible in year two. But I think Mac Jones showed it in year one, right? While everybody else, right? I mean, I just think that when you think about when you think about what all this athleticism, Trey, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is the can't miss. Trey Lance got to get on the field, right? Justin Fields is incredibly talented, right? I just, I just think that for me, uh, it's got to be a guy like Mac Jones. Think about this, Kevin. He was a rookie last year. They didn't have a bad season under him, right? I know, I know that he had Josh McDaniels, but people start saying, hey, uh, Bill Belichick missed the playoffs one year because, I'm sorry, he had Cam Newton, the quarterback. Get rid of Cam Newton. Jared Stidham is gone now. Now, you know, you get Mac Jones. So, for me, while, while the biggest jump from year one to year two is going to be Trevor Lawrence, the best year two, I would go with Mac Jones. Interesting. I know Justin Fields needs a lot of help. Trevor Lawrence could be, could be that guy. Was it Zach? Zach Wilson? I mean, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson. No, I, I, you probably you, you made a good pick. No, 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 I, no, no, I, mean, no. I think Trey Lance could be an interesting pick because we don't know a lot about if, him. If, and so if, if he if ends if, up if, starting, if, 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 he's if he the, starts. I mean, he's I, on a good team. Cause he, cause he, I mean, Debo. Whoa. <laughs> and you get Debo, you know, you get George Kittle. You know you're going to have a running game. You know you're going to have a defense. You, you already know that. But for me, Kevin, I'm going to go with a guy that showed a promise in year one. And that's going to be Mac Jones. I mean, is there a harder place to play? That New England at quarterback, when they, all you hear is, man, you kind of remind us of Tom. No, he don't. No, no, nothing about Mac Jones. It's Tom Brady outside the fact they probably had a similar body, body, you know, uh, you know, body shape or whatever you want to call it, a similar build. But for me, I go with Mac Jones because if you can win in New England with a guy like, you know, Bill Belichick breathing down your neck every week, I think you'll, I think you'll, I think the game will slow down for him a little bit in week two. I mean, uh, year two. Give me Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. And we're moving along to take three. Iowa's AD was asked about, you know, name. Everybody's getting asked about it at these conference meetings. Ben, you know, hey, what do you do about name, image, likeness? Is it out of control? How do you kind of keep the uh, the funny money out of it, so to speak? And the Iowa AD said that he's in favor of ending the immediate transfer eligibility. Go back to having to sit out. A year, and he said that would in, that would curb some of the NIL tampering, where he said, you know, boosters aren't going to give kid money to go sit, right? They want him to come come play. And I, let's just we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, is he correct? Does he? Do you think that would curb some of the rampant NIL stuff that's going on by going back to hey, you could transfer, but you're going to have to sit it, um, and not just immediately be able to play? Uh, it could. It, it could, Kevin, but this thing, right? I, this thing about the Iowa AD. I mean, if everything was that easy of a fix, right? Don't you think? Don't you think they would have done it? Oh yeah, man. You know, just plug that hole with some plaster, man. It'd be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a fix a flat. No, 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 no. This is a widespread problem because Iowa was just talking about, oh, let's just do the tram, man. You still? No, 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 no. Because this is what you're really saying. All right, let's switch up. Let's switch up how we do the transfer portal. They're still going to go in. They can't play for a year. I'm still getting deals. So now it's going to be, A, if you come here, but you got to play after your year of eligibility. Like, you got to, because you, I know you got to get. No, 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 no. These ain't going to be no quick fixes. These ain't Band-Aid type scenarios going on. And I understand what he's saying. I understand trying to get trying to get a hold of it. I understand trying to get it under control, Kevin. But this thing is widespread. Just like. Not one player has the same NIL deal 
everybody going to learn how to maneuver with this thing. Yeah. I mean, because the transfer, this is the thing about the transfer portal too, right? Everybody ain't transferring. A lot of guys are, yeah. but, every, but, but we're talking about what he's really saying is, man, how do we keep this talent here? How do we get a guy here, keep him here? Say, well, oh. that has now become the new problem, right? Yeah. Is, is we recruit guys, we want to keep them here. How do we do it? And I think it would be one thing if guys were leaving for the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think ADs and coaches would be like, hey, come here. Guys are getting out. They're getting paid. They're getting going to the NFL. Huh? As opposed to, well, we had the number one recruiting class last year, and mm-hmm. half of them left. Yeah. Oh, oh, and so, so, and so I, I, I think that's their concern. What happened is if a, if a if a player says, "Well, listen, man, um, I'm gonna stay at I'm gonna stay at you know Team X, right? Yeah, is Coach there? What? Well, I understand. And again, that's it's a very but, but interesting Kevin, dynamic. Because make no mistake about it, right? I do think that when you're dealing with a lot of different young minds that all think they got a brand, that all want to go to the best possible situation, because some of them are saying this, why are we trying to make it seem as if I'm going pro? Everybody ain't going pro. So this might be the only time I get a chance to make some money. I think the NCAA has an ad about that. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 here, but here it is, uh, Kevin. I went, to, I went to Oklahoma because I heard about this Lincoln Riley guy. Now he's at USC. So is that in the clause too? If I came here because of what the coach said and then the coach leaves, do I, is that same yeah. thing? You see what I'm saying? So no, I understand. It's, 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 listen, listen. Before the ink dries, it's going to be a lot of well, 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 but if that happens, but if that happens, I get it. Now this could be one, one aspect of it, but it's going to have to be. But what the players say, why so many restrictions on us and no restrictions on them? I just, I just think that while it is a step in the right direction, that's all it is. Because Kevin, at the end of the day, who goes to Iowa? Exactly. They trying to keep those. <laughs> I don't know who goes to Iowa. tight ends. Exactly. Oh, a lot of them. Hawkinson, Noah Fant. You know, uh, George Kittle. Shout out yeah. to Iowa these days. Uh, you know, Dallas Clark. A yeah. lot of them. They, but, they know uh, how to do that. I, but I just think that at the end of the day, I, I do think, I do think he put it out there for the world of college football sure. kind of to consume. But you got to get that thing written into the rules and bylaws or it's much to do about oh, 100%. nothing. 100%. That's take three. I did want to expand a little bit on that when we come back. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on this Thursday. Kevin and Ben, again, I want to just follow up. Again, the Iowa AD, and again, you're getting all the I, – I, I was about to say folks in charge, but I mean – who really is in charge Who knows? Uh, anymore? But you know, getting asked about this, and he was asked about NIL and you know some of the, de- the, the deals that are being put out there is kind of you know pay for place. And look, maybe if we in the immediate eligibility rule for transfers that would curb some of it, he's like boosters and such aren't going to pay for guys to have to sit. Wait a minute. In that diatribe, very important things missed, and it just goes to show that the ads don't have answers either. By the way, uh, to how to do it. But when he said boosters aren't going to pay a kid to sit, well, well, we're not supposed to be paying kids to sit. We're not supposed to be paying kids just to pay them, right? We're supposed to pay kids because we see value in what they bring to the table. Oops. In what, in what you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, uh, and, and if they pay, if they're not getting, shouldn't get paid because they sit, we're just paying them, right? This is pay to play, right? This is what we're doing. So, I mean, I think that's, you, you see. And, 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 and Kevin, I think you make, listen, you bring so up a the, great I, point. They don't know what, what, what well, the solutions what is the thing, are. Right? We, we need to stop kidding ourselves. The problem is this. If we're all going to, we're all, we're, listen, we're all going to a concert to see our favorite artists. But we're all going to hear different songs. Like, the song you're going to hear, Kevin, might not be the one 
I want to hear. But we got a good shot of hearing if it's one of their greatest hits, right? But we all going to the same concert. Somebody asks you where you're going, we're going to the concert. People <laughs> go do things for different reasons. Somebody go, where you going, man? We're going to the NIL convention. I mean, why? Because we don't know what to expect. That's what NIL is. You got AD saying, we're not paying guys to sit. They go, and the, and, and the freaking and the freaking president or the freaking, you know, yeah. uh, the freaking, uh, you know, the other the, the people are going around saying, uh, the media relations guy going. Yeah, yeah boosters are aren't supposed to be paying. What are you guys? talking about? We don't pay. We don't pay any. What are you talking? And they go. And why are you saying we? We don't give them anything. What do you mean? We give them scholarships. Oh man, because what happens is right. This is what it really is. If I go to school, if I if I'm in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Iowa State, Maryland, right? Iowa might be realizing that we ain't got as much. You mean we ain't got as much money? Like all these high school coaches at at, at, at the you know come to watch this player play. Where's Nick Saban? Here come the here come the helicopter. How he because it's different over here. See what it really is is if I'm losing players to schools that I'm better than, but they got more booster money. Okay, because you better be careful in what you're saying. Now we don't play guys to sit. What do you order they red shirt? What? That's sitting, isn't it? Yeah. Or what if they get a medical red shirt? That's sitting, isn't it? Yeah. You pay guys, what if they're a backup? That's sitting. Yeah. So actually you do. A lot of guys sit. So a lot of guys don't ever do anything but practice and sit and watch. I think what is happening now, Kevin, is the reality is coming out. People forgetting their lines. We just had a long meeting of what we're gonna say when we go out there. What's the first thing you do? We don't pay guys. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You the AD, ain't you? Yeah, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you guys ain't even winning. Because that's the thing, Kevin. If, if something, listen, Jordan Addison. Now they're saying Jordan Addison, they're saying he, quote, might go back to Pitt. Not happening. They're saying, oh, now he's been linked with USC, Texas, and Alabama, right? If he is up at Alabama, I don't want to hear nothing else from Nick Saban. I really, I really, really don't. Because I think I mean, it's obviously that's a bidding war waiting, well, cause, cause, cause right? Say, is it not? Well, yeah, Kevin. What is the thing, Kevin? No, 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 Kevin. You listen, Kevin. At the end of the day, right? You have one, not one, but two sons, right? Very athletic. We don't know what our children are going to turn out being, but if he turns out being the number one, whatever, he's not going anywhere for free. Not because Kevin, you're money hungry. Because you're going. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean they don't give my kid money? They're going to give him money, and somebody says. Sir, listen, we're prepared to offer, you know, your little man <laughs> four million. You like this. We'll think about it. Give, what do you mean? No, give us give us a couple of minutes. Gang, let's go in the back. Because, Kevin, sometimes, right, we don't – this is what this really comes down to. It's, listen, it's name and image leverage. It's not likeness. All of us ain't got no leverage. And if you've ever had leverage before, this is what I mean when I say leverage. You ever bought a brand-new car? Kevin go, bought a bunch of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, listen, yeah. Listen, listen. Brand new cars come with a certain, a certain, a certain mileage point. You get, you know, uh, the warranty. You just take your car in, hit the service, go to the service desk, get your key, and leave. But once you hit over that that one mile over, you get the key. They go, uh, uh-uh, you need to go see the cashier. What? Yeah, that leverage is gone. I even don't got the same leverage Ohio State does and Michigan does and uh, and uh, Penn State and maybe even Michigan State. Vanderbilt doesn't have Vanderbilt don't got leverage over over nobody, but Florida and the Georgias and I listen. And I'm not even talking about the winning on the field yet. 
I'm saying this comes down to which alumni boosters got the deepest pockets. And uh, my, my alma mater, the University of Florida, they say it's roughly, roughly, this is crazy. They, I said, how many former Florida Gators in the state of Florida? They probably half a million. What? Half a million? Yeah, you think you're going to find a couple of, you know, millionaires in there? Maybe. I would think so. To show you how crazy it is, and I'm not going to call this name, they said a former player that went to Florida got mad because his daughter didn't get, uh, they didn't accept her to go to Florida, and he's a billionaire, and he played. <laughs> I'm like, what? You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's Kevin, you said it is a bidding war because let me tell you something, people. For people saying, oh, no, man, it's, supposed to, it's, gonna, it's not going to ruin it. It can't ruin it because it's not widespread like we think. The average student athlete is just that. They're not getting a dime. They hearing about this stuff going on and go, you know why? The head coach lets you know what type of money they're dealing with. If the head coach is complaining about dorms and all this, like, you know, when's the last time you seen um, when's the last time you seen Vanderbilt unveil a new uh, unveil a new locker room? <laughs> you see, you see, I'm just telling y'all, like the best school. Taking that SEC money and putting it in the oh, pocket. Listen, 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 that, listen, that's what the, the best doctors and lawyers, you know, in the SEC. I guarantee coming from Vanderbilt. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to come from Mississippi State. Just saying. Wow, <laughs> I, this I, uh, this uh, PSA <laughs> brought to you by Ben Trippin. Just playing, but I, but I, but I will say this, Kevin. I will say this: Is the Iowa AD onto something? Yes, right. But what the Iowa AD is realizing is this: He's going. Because this thing, right, you do know all ADs know what other ADs do. They know what other schools yeah. doing. Like, if, yeah, this is the Bra- if this is the Braves farm system, you don't think the Mets know about the Braves farm system and the type of players they got coming up? It's their job to know. What what Iowa, what the Iowa AD is really saying is he's, his his uh, office is getting flooded with calls. Hey. Yeah, Gary Barta is his name, by the way, yeah. yeah why can't we Why can't we get, uh, get no players? Because, Kevin – NIL has killed the perception game for certain schools. Certain schools, you went, listen, Iowa, they can go out there and play really well this time and the third. They're not going to win the Big Ten. They're not going to win the Big Ten championship. They're going to they're gonna beat, you know, you know, Ohio State who's going to go on and beat Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State and play Wisconsin in the freaking, you know, Big Ten championship. Because what it is, Kevin, is, like you say, ain't it, ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't it college athletics? It is, but it isn't. Aren't we big-time athletics? We are. Yeah. But we aren't. So I, I just think that if your biggest alumni right now is George Kittle, that ain't going to – Tim Tebow ain't sniffed the football. Well, he sniffed one a couple of years ago, even though it was that tight end. Florida still living off that stuff. Because I'm telling you, it's all perception, man. And if you can win the perception battle, you can get these players. But like I said, Kevin, I, I appreciate all these nuances. But uh, if the number one player in Iowa don't go to Iowa – and he go to Penn State. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, that's where this stuff really comes. Because, Kevin, let's face it, we don't know who nobody is. Like, people, oh, they, oh, so-and-so. I, listen, I don't know who Arch Manning is. I just know who he is. Like, I don't know him. But I know he's the grandson and the nephew of Eli, Peyton, and Archie. His daddy looked just like Peyton. It's just, he ain't Peyton. But, <laughs> but Kevin, uh, you know no matter where he goes in 2023, it's going, yeah, it's going to be it's going oh, how much, Yeah, absolutely. Look, and again, I, I think I, I just wanted to point that out as kind of a microcosm of everybody's got an, an idea, but nobody's got anything solid uh, when it comes to, uh, to, to reining it in. I think one of the drawbacks everybody's saying is they don't like the pay-for-play being out in the open. 
It used to be in the McDonald's bag. I mean, again, 20 months ago, we were making fun of Jeremy Pruitt for the McDonald's bag. Yeah. Right? Now we've, we're still doing that. Yeah. It's just called NIL now. With and, nothing attached to it. And let's call, no, no, call that's what it is about the whole Jeremy Pruitt thing. I know you get the whole Jeremy Pruitt got caught. That's it. Right? Like, 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 you know, I mean, back when I I took a I took a law, I took a I took a law class in college. I took it for well, I took it for I dropped it. And one of the questions was, tell me what tell me one of the greatest crimes that somebody got away with. And they go, oh, we know. He said, and we all, we, we, we like calling our stuff. We goes, no, no, no. We don't know why, because they got away with it. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Great. We didn't, we didn't yeah. hear about it, right? That's what I'm saying, Kevin. This is about what can I get away with? Jamie Pruitt said, look, man, put it in the bag. What, put it in the bag. Yeah. We're losing the Vanderbilt. Put the money <laughs> yeah. in the bag. Now it's take the money out of the bag, give it to that him. That ain't McGriddles in there. Unless, we, unless, you know, unless McGriddles look like, you know, little green money. <laughs> I'm, like, I, listen, and, and let me say when do they too. start putting Benjamin Franklin Hold on, on and, McGriddles? And, and, and Kevin, once again, for all you people out there who's saying, oh, man, they're trying to kill the game. If somebody's putting, if you, if somebody gave you a bag <laughs> and you reach your head in it, you know, and you pulled out some cheese, are you going to go, wait a minute, this ain't a McGriddle? <laughs> like, come on, people! Like, let us let's stop acting. Like, we I understand. Like, what you're Kevin, you go. Listen, you go through the drive-through. You order some McGriddles. They give you two bags. The kid is saying, the kid, I don't know if it worked that way, but on, I mean, yeah, I know, was... the kids are saying, "Daddy, we're hungry. Here, take. Whoa, whoa. we got to go back through the line. They got the order wrong. They gave us the wrong. That's bag. the best order you gonna ever yeah. get if they got money in the bag. I, I, I will take number they, one and number two. They gave us the wrong bag. <laughs> We got more to come here. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter. Love to hear from you at Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back here. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Ben and I arguing about who that is singing the song on the rejoin. We have no idea. Are you looking it up for me? I'm doing my. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see who it is. Was it Miley Cyrus? I thought somebody told me that before. Like, and that's the only reason I said that. Is it? Was it? Uh, is you know. Anyways, uh, Kaiko. Wait a minute. I know this song that came out in you know, 2004. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, you know what? It's one of those things, Kevin. Like, like. So I, we don't I, know. I don't because there's I'm, more I'm, drama here. I'm, try, I'm trying to find. I'm, I'm trying to listen to the hook as a song called "Forever." Forever. You know how many people got a song called "Forever"? A lot. Yep. You got forever. You got forever. Ever. You got forever. Ever. Forever. Ever. So all I know is this: for those of you who don't think songs is still like we got more elevated music on this show <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. But the thing is, right? You listen to it so much, can we get the? Uh, uh. I be trying to, I be trying to yeah. figure out what song is is, is attached to the rejoiner. I, yeah. I, I can never get it. I can get a couple of. So them. I don't know who that was, but it's that's, yeah, yeah. It's that's got uh, more drama than the schedule release tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I refresh Twitter, they're like, "Hey, I see the uh, the Panthers are going to be." It's like, the, what like, are they doing? Yeah, this is what we should do. When it comes to the schedule release, we say, "Listen, we're going to put out the schedule release of the teams." That are gonna do something yeah. in 2022 first. So if you don't see your name, I want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to ask you this because you talked about the schedule coming out and around the, you know the clubhouse, around the locker room, what have you. Guys are talking about, hey, we got we got this, we got that. You want to know if you're on prime time? Do all prime time games matter? Like, are guys like, yes, we are on Thursday night football. Can't wait. Yeah. Or is it? Or is it? Look, it's Monday night I'll, and everything else is like okay. Yeah, I'm about to say this. You got Monday real, night. You got real prime time. And. You got the Saturdays don't count. The Saturdays don't count. Like 
To me, real prime time is Monday Night Football. That's the one everybody that, 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 that everybody knows, right? Now, Kevin, Sunday night football, because this is the thing about Sunday night. They can flex Sunday night. Like certain times, they'll say, we're going to move this game. Now, think about this. We're going to move this game to Sunday night because teams get better during the sure. year. You might have a player. Thanksgiving is for dome teams. Like, if you play on Thanksgiving, like how many teams? Like, how many well, games? Detroit are, always plays. Where Detroit, yeah, they're going to force. And what, Green, is it De- Green Bay or, no, no, the, or the Cowboys? Detroit, the Cowboys. And maybe like now, like the Falcons or the Saints. I don't know, but I, I know Detroit and the Cowboys always play yeah. a game on Thanksgiving. And, and, and think about this. Now, I will say this. A Thanksgiving game is prestigious, even if you play in Detroit, unfortunately. Monday night football is prime time. Sunday night football, to me, it ain't. it is kind of prime time because what happens is, this is what it is, right? It's like you watch so much football during the day. It's just the last, you're like, oh. Like, it's the last one of the day, and I, and I don't tell me who's doing the games anymore. I can't tell well, I've you heard a lot, you know, I've heard a lot of people say this in college, like from players who will say, college football, the fans like the 8, 8.30 games. The players like the noon games. Yes. And the, and the 3.30 games. Um, like, yeah. I can get up, I can yes. kind of get going, Talk I play, and I'm done. Yeah. Because, uh, but yes, yes, you, and you said it, right? Let me tell people something right now about, about this. Oh, man. I, listen, the two the, – the 2002 Florida-Georgia game stands out for me for two reasons. One, we won the game. Yeah, I caught the game with the pass. I get it. It was <laughs> at night. Let's think about this for a second. I'm, like y'all I'm, didn't I'm, start till 8 o'clock? Yes, it, the game was at night. Okay. Right? This, this thing, though, Kevin. Um, I'm a student athlete. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in college. I'm sorry, and I'm going to say this. I don't love football as much as people think I do. Sure right? you do. I... I <laughs> So Kevin, no, think, yeah, think, I understand. Think, no, it's hundred percent. Kevin, Kevin, think about this. All right, Kevin. You know, you you stay you stay in a house that got you got three other roommates, right? Taking, me, they, taking listen, me back to college, but, yeah. But you're, but you're the one that plays the sport. All you do is hear about. Oh my God, great game, Kevin. Oh my God, what happened? Oh my God, man, we had a great party. But all you do is hear about it. By the time you get done, people walking out, man. I see. Whoa. whoa. Right? You never really get to enjoy the college experience. Yeah, you get to play. Great. But I still want to know. Like, what make people think? You don't go to parties, do you? Absolutely. Yeah. But the parties are always done. I think what happens is I want to wake up, eat my breakfast slash pregame meal. So you got, you got, you got, you know, you got bacon, you got, you got, uh, you got uh, eggs, you got pancakes, you also got some spaghetti, some chicken breast for Sam Howell. But, yep. you know, and then, and then you, and then you get up and you go to the game. But by, listen, but by like, eh, by like 3.30, you're done. I can still enjoy my Saturday. Right? This is how crazy it is. We played FAMU my senior year. May God bless FAMU. They had guys going both ways. It was... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for like, like O line play D line, yeah. it was crazy, right? During after the game, fam, you say because fam, you obviously drove from right, yeah. Nice to drive. They say, uh, hey man, what y'all boys, you know, what y'all boys do for fun around here? We we at the club Saturday night. They go fam, I mean, we in that, you know, we in that just like live with them because I think I think the one thing about college that people don't understand is, and this and listen, and let me just speak for me and, and these type of players, right? I wasn't a, oh, my God, I just sit here and watch film. Yeah, on this play. That wasn't me. Now, I watched it because my coach said, you're coming to my office and watching. Now, did I have the tapes at the house? No. I'm not going home and saying, oh, third down to two, he want his knuckles. No, because I'm in college. <laughs> like, 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 the thing is, right, like, the thing is, right, 
Did you like, watch more tape when you were in the NFL? I did. I did. I watched. You took it home with you? Uh, yeah, I did because when they check you, like they'll throw them right there in your locker. There, you know, they be looking to see. So you take them home and bring them back, but you didn't actually watch it. Is I watched some of them. I I'm just saying. I, 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 didn't, I didn't. I didn't get out. I didn't because I'm one of those type of people to where Kevin. I believe that as even as much as I know, the game's gonna dictate like schemes and how I play in different situations. But college is different because Kevin, you went to college, you know. For anybody that's never went to college, college is it's a it's a different kind of fun because everybody's right there. But just yeah. imagine when they be like, "Oh, Ben, you guys got to, you know, somebody, you guys got him at night." So this is the thing: I got to watch football all day. Hey right, guys, we're gonna come and meet again. Meet up, coach. They all, all they that make up. Listen, we gonna we gonna do an in between meeting. So we gonna meet and meet in between. Yeah. That sounds like three. Meetings, I've heard coach. a lot. I've heard a lot of athletes say like the eight and eight thirty games that the fans love. They're like, man, it's just a lot of sitting around. Waiting to play and the waiting and waiting and waiting. It's and like thing, I right? was ready to play at what noon. If you now wait they... all that time and let's, and let's face it, football is half that you love and half you want to be entertained. What if it's what if you only get the love part? What if they get the breaks? <laughs> I waited. So so I, I I just think that the one thing about these schedules is when I was in the National Football League, that's different. Is Monday Night Football means you've earned that distinction of saying, "Hey, man." There's either a player or players or the team is worth the world. Because everybody watches Monday Night Football. So did you get down Monday Night Football? Listen, I'm going to tell you something, no, Did you? I did like yes. once? I, listen, I played I played on Monday Night. We played the Saints in New Orleans. Beat them. Uh, Keith Bullock had not one, not two, but three picks against linebacker. Had three picks. We call him Mr. Monday Night. Against Drew Brees. And the last one was to seal the game. He catches it. Runs, kneels down, stands up, and throws the ball back to Drew. It was legendary. He go, Drew. <laughs> then, then played in Lambo Monday night. Beat the brick with Brett Favre, by the way. Beat the brakes off of uh, Green Bay, and it's never seen this. They leaving. Green Bay fans are loyal. They stayed there the whole time, like uh, Invincible with Vince Papali. Yeah, sit down. The game isn't over. They leaving, Kevin. Now I got in a little, got a little, just a little taste. I will say this though: we play on Monday night, right? We play on Monday night. And I cannot make this up. We had this play. I come in motion. I'm on the left side, and I come in motion. It look like a th- it look like a like a little we call it trip, but it's tight trips. I'm on the inside because the linebacker was covering me, and I'm running. I'm running a real uh, a wheel route. I go to the listen, Kevin. I'm not open. I am <laughs> wide open. Listen to me. Now I'm not saying I would have scored. I'm not saying I would have scored, but I could have caught that thing. You know, and all you would have saw is booty and elbows just running. <laughs> But he ain't throw it. He ain't throw it, right? All I'm saying, though, is this is the thing about Monday night, right? Most teams don't make players dress up. Some players, you might just get on the plane. Monday night, you G'd up. You know, you you wearing your suit to the plane. You try, What you're really trying to see is, this is crazy. And who got tailors and who bought it off the rack? Ain't nothing, <laughs> and ain't nothing wrong with that, by the way, right? But no, nah, man, uh, pre- um, certain certain matchups are important. Like you got two great quarterbacks going up against each other, or you got two great teams going up against each other. Sometimes it's just tradition or what may have you. Sometimes it's rivalries. Like the most the the best rivalry in football, not called the Ravens and uh in Pittsburgh, it's the Ravens and the Titans. They have a nice little rivalry going on right now. Right? So, I mean, but I, I have got to play, but I will say that my rookie year I played on Christmas Day. My my family enjoyed it way more than me. Because uh, we, you buy jerseys, right? Now this is back when a brand new, a brand new NFL authentic jersey, right? Back in two thousand four, was one hundred and fifty dollars. I bought a lot of them. <laughs> I did. I think I might, and this is crazy. I might have bought ten thousand dollars where I bought a lot. I'm trying to get it for every family member I can think of, right? So my family comes to the your game. jersey. Yeah, my jersey, and I wore eight, eighty-six my rookie year. Bought a bunch of them. 
So you know when you come off of um, you come off of um, the commercial break, they're showing us a fan jumping in the stands or something. So my my uncle, my uncle, the great Robert Troop, was on the jumbo trying twice. He tells me, "Quote, oh, I'm calling in sick tomorrow, going to work tomorrow. I'm gonna tell my." I'm, he said, "I'm gonna tell my boss I was sick." I said, "Is your boss watching the game?" He go, yeah. Uh, your boss gonna know you ain't sick when you jumping. <laughs> and I will say this: the great champ Bailey, Hall of Fame. Champ Bailey played against the Broncos twice. No, no, three times. Once in the preseason, two in the regular season. My first time playing against the Broncos, catch a pass right before halftime, catch it, and I jump over Champ Bailey. And we kicked like a 50-yard field goal. We were like, oh, all the momentum. We got the hell bit out of it. We ended up getting beat by like 42 to like 20. It was bad. But that, but I did get to play on Christmas. I did get to play on Monday night. I did get to play in the playoffs. But, yeah, as far as prime time goes, I had the real prime time. Never played on Thanksgiving. But Christmas, Monday night, no Saturday nights, no, no Thursday nights. No Sunday nights, just Monday night. Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Lambeau, you know, Mercedes-Benz, got two wins. And it wasn't a lot of wins in my time. At, uh, <laughs> but you're winning. But you should just played all the games in primetime, apparently. I mean, and well, you Kevin, 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 it's a different type of feeling, man. Look, look, that, that little camera, the little camera they got on the little wire, it's the greatest, right? Because it's looking at you. This thing is crazy. It's, you can see it looking at you. And you go like this, and it's right there. This, this little camera. So, you, so I'll go, so, so, so one time I went. And it was right there, like, dude, we somebody doing it with yeah. us. That thing is, I said, how much is that thing? It's about, it's about, you know, ten mil. What? It's not cheap. Man, I know that. Yeah. I want the not- one that fit. I want the one that fell off the truck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, schedule's coming out tonight yeah. again. Obviously, primetime games are huge. I was just wondering, you know, in the locker room, if you're like, hey, do you break down the schedule? Do you when it comes out after the the primetime games? Is it just, hey, man, we got, you know. We got Jacksonville and Houston back-to-back weeks. We feel like we got some dubs, some momentum. Are you breaking it down that much, or is it just like, hey, when are we on primetime? When is the first game the end? We got about 20 seconds. Uh, no, Kevin, you, you break, you're breaking down in quarters, right? You go every four games. You're trying to say, okay, what's the best one? So can we go 4-0, and 3-1? Can we go 2-2? Two two? It's, it's real similar series in baseball. Real similar. We got more to come. It's 3 and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and out. On this Thursday, Kevin and Ben, a lot to get to in the final hour. We'll talk some Falcons football as the rookies are reporting. What do we expect out of rookie minicamp there for the Falcons? Braves off tonight, but they got a walk-off. Can't be much more exciting than that, getting a walk-off to uh, to win the game. We'll break down the Braves. They go into an off day. They've got the Padres coming up this weekend and yet another kind of a series against a playoff caliber, playoff expecting uh, type baseball team. So we'll get to that coming up in the final hour. Also, don't forget, coming up, March 21, we are at the Landings Club for our ESPN Diabetes 5K. I want you to join us for that. You can go to ESPNCoastal.com, ESPNCoastal.com, and you can find the link to register. Get involved with us. Again, ESPN Diabetes 5K, raising money for uh, folks who cannot afford to buy insulin through the Curtis V Foundation. And, again, if you are an insulin-dependent diabetic, you must have that. There's no, well, I don't need it. There's no, you got to have it. And we're raising money to help uh Combat that, ESPNCoastal.com, get signed up for our ESPN Diabetes 5K. Good to have you back here, final hour of 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, and on Facebook and Twitter. Send us your thoughts and comments uh, there online as well. We'll talk some Falcons coming up in just a little bit as Rookie Minicamp uh, is set to open. And obviously, if you're the Falcons in a rebuild, you want some of these guys to Step in and be big-time contributors. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. We'll also hear from John Shipley, Jaguar Report. We'll talk some Jags, Urban Meyer, uh, obviously the lawsuit, 
and uh, and more with John Shipley. But the Braves win it last night in a walk-off bin. They split with the Red Sox. Orlando Arcia, two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to win it. And as we uh, talk about sports in this perspective, a lot, of, a lot of things go into a big moment. We talked about it earlier in the show. Good that it is a guy like Orlando Arcia. I think when you have big moments and guys that can contribute in big moments and over the course of the season, you have obviously lots of opportunities to contribute in a potential walk-off that it's not just Matt Olson or Austin Riley or Ronald Acuna. It's Orlando Arcia, two-run homer, bottom of the ninth. If I would have told you before the game, hey, the Braves are going to win in a walk-off, who does it? I probably would have gotten Orlando Arcia like ninth or tenth option. Like people would just be like, no, look, he probably probably ain't that guy. But that's the beauty of baseball. I think that's the beauty for teams, uh, Ben, is that it can be anybody. And I think good teams usually come through with any and everybody because a lot of times – we like to play this game on radio. It's like, oh, if you have two outs in the ninth, who do you want? I want Chipper Jones up there. Well, think about some of the biggest moments in, in Braves history. I mean, just think about it. The Sid Slid game. The slowest guy on the team. Love you, Sid Bream, but he would tell you that. The slowest guy on the team scores on a base hit from second. Off the bat of who? Was it Ron Gant? I think it was, was Ron Gant. No, it was. wasn't. It was Francisco Cabrera. Who's like nobody like oh my god like Francisco Cabrera of all people is batting. So who was it last year? The biggest moment in the World Series was delivered by Freddie Freeman. It was Jorge Soler who wasn't even on the team and was batting what one seventy or something like that with the Royals when the Braves got it. And he delivered the biggest knockout blow in the World Series for the Atlanta Braves. So it takes everybody, Ben, uh, in these moments. I think for a team that's going to contend. It's good that you have these moments throughout the year where it literally can be anybody as the as the hero. And that way, I think when you get in a pressure pack moment, you're like, well, pretty much everybody out here has been the hero at some point. Uh, and put in that position to be a guy that could win the game for us with one swing. Yeah, Kevin. And the thing about it, the thing about a guy like Orlando, or, you know, RCA shows you that when you talk about it, when you talk about an opportunity to be able to go out there and, uh, Make a play for your team in a clutch situation. Like you said, Kevin, if you would have asked who was going to be, it would have been everybody but Orlando Arcia. And, and then being able to put him in – because you see these guys in practice. You understand what these guys can do. And not everybody can handle at a DH. Not every, I mean, just because you're a good hitter, no, no guys wants to be in that, that, uh, you know, that pressure-filled situation. But Orlando Arcia is carving out – not just a niche for himself, but a role for himself. I mean, Kevin, you you talk about you you talking about uh you know Solaire, and he was he was with the Braves because the team he was with didn't want him anymore. You talk about Jock Peterson, he was with the team he was with the Braves at the trade because the other team didn't want him anymore. You talk about you know Rosario, and who made who made the greatest contributions in the postseason? Rosario, Peterson, Solaire. Now, then take away the fact that you still had Austin Riley, take away the fact you still had Isaac, then take away the fact you had Freddie Free, take away the fact. You know, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, different guys out there making making plays. It's just the fact that the hardest thing to do on any team is to carve out a niche for yourself. To say, hey, like, think about Snit for a second. Snit goes, all right, because they try to run these things and they might listen. We tied up, bottom of knife. I'm, you know, I'm just calling Orlando, and it's it's. I'm happy that Orlando did it in the fashion in which he did it because you know how it is, Kevin. Baseball is about how who fails the least. All everybody's failing. Yeah, yeah. But who fails at a, you know. At a, at a you know at a slower pace, Orlando that might not happen again. Grand <laughs> slams are rare in baseball, right? Uh, you know walk offs are rare in baseball. But Orlando could say, "Look, man, when my team needed me." And to me, 
as a former player, that's all you need for your teammates to say, oh, man, we trust Orlando. Now, we don't trust him more because he did it, but the fact that he did it, when, when Ronald Acuna Jr. has a, has enough, because we all know, you know, Ronald Acuna, we were going to go back, he wanted to come back in. I mean, Snip was like, well, that's, you know, you've had your, enough innings or whatever, what may have you. I just think that for a Braves team that's still trying to find its way playing 500 baseball, but you know how it is, Kevin, it's to, it's to make sure you're still in it before the play, I mean, before the All-Star game, have something to play for a post-All-Star game, what type of trades do you make? And I'm sorry, but if I'm with the Braves, I don't want to be a tradable piece. This is a very, very talented baseball team, a team that has a lot of young, you know, superstars. Now I'm bigger than Ronald Acuna, but when you, when you, you know, you go to ESPN and you and you and you looking at it, you see Orlando yeah. Garcia. Got to hit, hit the. I, I think that that because confidence is is the one thing you need in sports, like any other. A loss of confidence shows when players ain't playing well. But hey, man, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that they was able to get a big win against Boston, a team that wanted nothing more than to beat the Braves because they need that momentum. Because Boston has been. You talking about the Braves? The Boston has been in the dumps. All right, as far as like you know, trying to get these wins, but I was very, very happy for Orlando, very, very happy for the team, and and it goes back to trusting Snit. Snit, like, look, man, I get it. I'll take the blunt of the of the criticism sure. when it comes to how I do with the bullpen. Oh, and, and he, he, well, he will get criticism. There's no hey, question. But I, but I will say that to me, that's a good team. A good team says that I'm gonna let the manager take the blunt of the criticism because I mean they don't really feel it. I don't have to go out there. I just got to put us in the best position to win. You know, Orlando RC is yep, and you see why. So it just shows again, Kevin. With so many names, like, listen, Matt Olson. No, if somebody would say, Kevin, the game when it got hit, bottom of the ninth, who was it? Matt Olson? Nope. Isaac? Nope. Dansby? Nope. Oh, man. It was it was Austin Riley? Nope. Well, Ronald Cooley didn't play the Orlando RC. What? <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's, that shows a sign of a, of a team that's still trying to find itself, but a good team, because most of the time you're going to put a really, 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 really good hitter in the DH. But and, and I'm not saying Orlando RC isn't it, but for one night yeah. got it done, and uh, you'll take it. He took it. It took the most of his opportunity and, and came through in a big way. And I just want to just I, I I think it's an interesting uh, feeling that happens when you're the walk because obviously when you walk it off in baseball, everybody's coming out of the dugout. Everybody's saying you know meeting you at home plate, or if it's a single, they're running around chasing you, trying to dunk you with water. It's just one of those feelings. Which do you think would be the better feeling at the end of the day, a walk off homer or a, I'd just say a walk off hit in baseball? Or a buzzer beater in basketball. Wow. And they both have interesting because, again, in a buzzer beater, it's like three, two, one, you got to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And then you knock it home and you think of some of these all time buzzer beaters, you know, the, the, the Jordan buzzer beater in the face, boom, yeah. eh, horn goes off and you're it's like, that has got to be absolutely amazing. A walk off in baseball, like, that's the beauty of baseball. There's no clock. It's like, I, I, it could I, be I, the I next will, I will, I will say this. Unbelievable. Oof. I, listen, Which I, 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 I would probably still go with the walk-off because it's the thing about basketball, right? Basketball, Kevin, you can kind of see it coming. Like, oh, man, here it is. Like, you know, start getting fouls. It's, the seconds of the clock kind of dictate who's going to get. And once again, it's still going to go to a superstar taking the shot, like most of the time in basketball. In baseball, it's like that ball just it, it's like that ball just hanging. Wham! It's like, it, it's like everything stops for what? Two or three seconds. You just sitting there going, "What?" I just like, and it could be anybody. Look, I, I go listen. I go back to what Game Six, Solaire. You know, Kevin, when he hit it, bam, and he looks and say, "I'm here." That wasn't a walk off, obviously, but Rosario with the walker. You start saying, "Dude," like buzzer beaters in basketball is why you hate basketball. <laughs> walk offs in baseball is why you love baseball. It's why you love it. Now, obviously, you want you want your team to be hitting the walk off. 
But Kevin, it's a beautiful thing to watch, man. It's almost like everybody like get your cameras ready or get your camera phones ready, and you hit that thing, Kevin. I'm telling you, it's beautiful to watch, man. Because because the difference is you could have had a over four night, haven't been playing well. You listen, that, and and the picture goes, man. I'ma just I'ma just put I'ma just put something out that he been and he and he can wham and he catches it, and you just go. It's like all is forgiven. I've been calling you everything but a child of God all game. And you get to walk off. So listen, love buzzer beaters, <laughs> love buzzer beaters, right? Love buzzer beaters. Like I, you know, I love it. But Kevin, that walk off because it's almost like this. Kevin, you like this going, man. This team, I'm just telling you, man. It's every day, bam. And it's almost like, but you would just forget what I just said, you know. So yeah, give me the walk off, Kevin, because I, I, I just think it's, it's a be- even though both balls hang in the air forever, I, I will go with the walk off. I think it's, I, I didn't think I was going to say the buzzer beater because it's just everybody's there and you know it's coming. Like, you know that you have to take the shot. Baseball, it's like, if Orlando Arcia didn't do it, there was, there was still an out left. There's another guy that was still going to get an opportunity. But as you said, in baseball, it's literally anybody. Like, you never know. One night, it might just fall into Matt Olson's lap. The next night, it's another guy. Uh, and so, everybody in your dugout is sitting there going, come on, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you've been on teams where it's like, you know Orlando Arcia does not play every day. He does not get the opportunities that Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, and other guys get because he just doesn't play every day. And now he's up there with the tie ball game, game of the line. You're going, come on, man. If you got one in you, let's send it home right now. And you, and you send it and everybody goes nuts. I mean, obviously, uh, buzzer beat, everybody's going nuts as well. But there's just something, like you said, about a walk-off that it could I mean, be well, anybody. Can, I mean, can, if well, it comes well, out well, to it, it's like, you know you Michael George is going to take you see it? Like, okay, I mean, you, you – can you see it coming like last night, Orlando? You think to yourself, all right, no, man. you don't because it's again. And that's it's, what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't see it like with basketball. At least you know where they got to put up a shot. Like I can see what they're doing. With Orlando, you think to yourself, all right, man, we ain't trying to go to extra innings. I mean, I'll be honest. But, if, if, in baseball, like, and again, people are are born with that, and some people aren't. Where baseball, it's like it's just part of the game of hey, it could be me coming up with the last chance in the ninth inning to try to win the game. Whereas basketball, I mean, if I'm playing on those '90s Bulls, and hey, I'm good enough to be out there. And there's you know eight seconds left. They're looking at me and go, Kevin, you know what to do. I sure do. Go stand in the corner and get out of the way and let Michael Jordan do what he's going to do. So the pressure's off, right? I don't have to worry about it. I'm not. I'm not going to get the last shot. Baseball, it, you might have to worry about it. it. Could be you. And if you're one of those guys, you could be sitting there in the seventh inning, start counting outs, going, well, it could come down to me with <laughs> the ninth inning. It might be and, and, me. And, up there. And to me, that that that's what makes baseball yeah. incredible is. It could be your time. Listen, you could be up at bat. All right, Kevin, you like this. Ah, uh, here we go. But now, Most of those guys don't have that attitude. That's why they're in the major league. Yeah, but and, 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 I will, and I will say, I don't know if baseball players do that. Like, every basketball player has said three, two, one, boom. Does a baseball player go, like, you're sitting there going, bottom of the ninth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just want to, you, nobody is, you can't be afraid to make the last out. I, and, I, I think that's the way. Basketball when, players say, I can't be afraid to miss the shot. Baseball players say, I can't be afraid to make the last out. It's my turn. I'm up there. I'm a hitter. Let's see what happens. When you're you know? my, when you listen, when you're training and your athleticism and just like like, you know, everything that it factor, and when everything is clicking, I mean, Kevin, I mean, when you hit that thing, when you connect, wham. Yeah. It's, if it's, I hit it's, a playoff, if I hit a playoff home run, I think that would be like to walk it off, that I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to deal with me. I'd be like Kevin, yeah. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, you know what happened. I got I, and now everything goes viral, good yeah. or bad. Yeah, you know what happened. I fell down on the way to first. You got that on tape. Much like my thirty-seven yard forty, but you know. But if but if you go yard, you be like, yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, I got. 
I mean, we need to go find that baseball, which is, you know, I'm not paying <laughs> for it. But, hey, man, that walk-off of the ba- Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be one of a cool feeling to know, hey, game on the line, boom, over. Uh, off that bat. We got more to come here on 3 Out. The rookies are showing up in Flowery Branch. Who needs to make an impact? What do we expect from some of those guys uh, there in the Falcons uniforms? Also, John Shipley, Jaguar Report, will join us. We'll talk uh, lawsuit, the Jaguars lawsuit, obviously dealing with the actions of Urban Meyer, but he's not getting sued. The team's getting sued. John Shipley will join us. We'll talk about that in about 20 minutes. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, they're getting all geared up there in Flowery Branch. Uh, ben and I just watched the, uh, the little quick video of the Falcons rookies getting their helmets and all that kind of cool stuff they're going to get to be a part of the Falcons. But what do we expect from these guys? We talked going into the draft, Ben, about last year you had Kyle Pitts, which, okay, he was the highest drafted tight end ever. You expected him to do something. Outside of that, a lot of your draft picks really did not do a whole lot. They did not play a whole lot. What uh, was it, Richie? Uh, why am I forgetting his? Richie Grant uh-huh. didn't play a significant role on your defense. Played, didn't play a significant role. He was your second round draft pick. So you look at some of these guys, and I know we talked a lot about you know wide receiver, and we'll talk about Ibikite and all that. But what about Desmond Ritter? Because a lot of people thought, okay, if the Falcons didn't go quarterback early. You were going to ride with Marcus Mariota and maybe look ahead in the draft, right? You were going to look ahead to next year's draft for a quarterback. Then, you know, Drake London comes off the board. You get Ibuki Day. Then all of a sudden in the third round, the Falcons select Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. What do you expect of that, man? Do you think the Falcons are looking at him as the franchise quarterback of the future? You got Mariota there. What do you expect, if you expect anything at all? Out of Desmond Ritter here in year one. You want Desmond Ritter? Do you want Desmond Ritter to prove why you drafted him? Where you drafted him? I mean, a lot of people had a a first round grade on him for him to go in the third round. Proves that you getting quality in the third round. And Kevin, you want to show him why? That look, man, we got our guy in the future already in the building. I know we get I know we get enamored with these quarterbacks that's coming in twenty twenty three, and it's going to be some big time quarterbacks as far as like upside. We young and you know and Stroud and you know and so on and so forth. But I think the thing about a guy like Desmond Ritter is this. This this is why they get a Desmond Ritter. They want a guy that had that had that's a, that has a big arm, you know, a dual threat quarterback, a guy that's used to being able to start like to start like relative like you know as an unknown like work his way up. Didn't have to go didn't have to go to the traditional you know uh, you know P five school. Uh, Cincinnati is not a school that most people would think would ever even be relevant uh, in college football. They made the college football playoff. Um, I think the thing about Desmond Ritter is they're bringing a guy like Marcus Mariota that's different from a Ryan Tannehill who understands that a part of your role as a starter is to, you know, go out there and mentor a Desmond Ritter. To tell Desmond Ritter, look, you were, you were picking the third round. I was the second overall pick. I know what it's like to go from a starter to a backup. I know what it's like to, to hold a clipboard. I know what it's like to really understand the nuances of being a starter. It's, a, it's an art to it. And, uh, Kevin, something you said in the break, look, if Desmond Ritter gets in the game, one, either Marcus Mariota's hurt, which I don't think, uh, which I hope is not the case, or two, you're blowing out a team to where you can give him a couple of snaps. When people say this about Desmond Ritter, well, man, he's a project. That's every NFL player that's ever played. Like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Jamar Chase dropped everything known to man last year in the preseason. People say, oh, what happened in the regular season, right? You draft guys. To say, hey, I want to be able to add depth 
to my roster. I want you to be able to have a back. The backup position is the most loved and hated position in sports because everybody can't wait for the backup to get in, but you don't know what you got until he gets in. I do think Marcus Mariota is going to do a good job in mentoring him, Kevin. I don't. I think if Desmond Ritter is playing in the game and, and, it's, and it's crucial, either one, uh, hopefully Marcus Mariota just had a bad day and they just benched him for that day to kind of like save him for the next week, or the game is out of hand, either hopefully for the Falcons and you just put him in. So I don't, I don't see him contributing that much this year. If Mariota goes down. What happens if Mariota goes down? I, st- I still think you got a guy in Desmond Ritter who 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 was going to just de- suck de- it up. I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, just know this. Um, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he didn't play for three years in the NFL. His first three years, he didn't play. I'm right? not talking about that. I'm talking about from a readiness standpoint. Do you I, feel I, like he I, will I, be I even he ready to play? I, I think he can because I think sometimes when it comes to the quarterback position, which is the harder position to play uh, in a team sport, because you're in charge of everything. When it comes to the wins, you get too much praise. When it comes to the losses, you get too much blame. When it comes to the offense as a whole, you are the one directing traffic. You got to make sure you and the center have a great uh, relationship as far as like watching, making sure you know who's hot, where's the blitz coming from. You know, I mean, I mean, going through going through my reads, not staring down my receivers, making sure I'm going from one to two to three, looking at what the safeties are doing, what are these linebackers doing? Oh, is that a corner blitz? It's the art of playing, like, like the reason why Tom Brady keeps coming back, Kevin, because he goes, I want to, I want to master this thing called quarterback. Meaning, if I know every, listen, everything is going through my head. If they come off this list, I got to hit the hot. Oh, if they come, oh, I got to switch the play. All this stuff. Then I got, but I got twenty something seconds. I think Desmond Ritter can handle it. Desmond Ritter gonna have eight games, maybe nine games a year in the dome. Ritter ten if you talk about, uh, if you talk about New Orleans. So I think that he's a listen. I definitely think he's capable. I've seen I've seen two or three years of Desmond Ritter. I mean, Desmond Ritter was on a you know was you know on the short list. You know, even though it was a, a you know a long a long shot on the Heisman. He's not going to win it because he go to Cincinnati. Like let's call it what it is. But four teams in the college football playoff, and he was he was in charge of one of them. Beat Notre Dame, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they lost in the college football playoff, but last time I checked, wasn't nobody beating Alabama. Only team that could beat Georgia is Alabama, right? And then when they played the national championship, obviously you saw what happened with the dogs getting back to the to the promised land. But yeah, I think Desmond Ritter for me, <clears throat> similar to a Malik Willis up there in Tennessee, just because he went the third round doesn't mean he ain't got starter starter uh, uh, type talent. I think he does. I really, really think he does. It was a it was a a, a, a very lackluster. Like uh, non-elite quarterback year, because Kevin, you know, usually we use the, the quarterbacks are the ones that run the draft. It's easy, sure, to yeah. Right. And, and Kenny Pickett had the best year, and, and nobody's taking that away from him. We thought that Desmond Ritter would go higher. We thought that Malik Willis would go higher. We thought that Matt Corral would go higher, and they didn't. They didn't. But just because he went third round doesn't mean that they they bring him in the third round to say, look, we we taking him high enough to where he's good enough to start. But we're taking him low enough to where he knows he's gonna he's gonna like because you know how it is, Kevin. If Desmond really go first round, Marcus Mariota has an even shorter leash because you got a first round at the quarterback sure. position. But I do think he can contribute. Yeah, I think. Um, look, Russell Wilson was in the a, back what? of their mind. Do the Falcons want him on the field this year? No, no, they they do not for two reasons. One, I don't want my potential future franchise quarterback. To get so beat up his rookie year that by the time he get to his second year, he's already like it's a mentality in your mind already. Like Joe Burrow, for people say, oh, well, he's he's never experienced losing since he left Ohio State. Dude, all I know is winning. 
I said, I'm an Ohio kid that went to Cincinnati and said, okay, I'm not going to Eli Manning that thing and say, I don't want to, quote, play for them. No. So, no, I, I do think he can contribute. I just think that you got to you gotta taper expectations. Like, I think sometimes this team doesn't have Matty Ice. This team doesn't have Julio Jones. This team doesn't have a running back, right, that, that, that scares anybody. They don't have a perennial pass rusher. They don't have a big-time linebacker. Take nothing away from Deion Jones. Like, they got Kyle Pitts. Like, so when you think about this team, a lot of holes to fill. But if Desmond Ritter – I mean, Zach Wilson didn't have a good season, and he was the second overall pick. Trevor Lawrence didn't have a good season. He was the number one overall pick. Trey Lance, they won't even let him play right now. Justin Fields is in and out of the lineup. Him and Nick Foles and Andy Dalton or whatever. Mac Jones had the best year as a rookie in 2021. Best year as a rookie. I think if Desmond Ritter, whenever he gets in, because look, if if he's learning the offense, now I would say that I'm not in practice. I don't know what he's doing. If he's learning the offense, Kevin is picking up. You want Marcus Mariota to, play, to outplay him. You want to play well because that makes it so he got to watch. Marcus Mariota knows I'm on borrowed time. They paying me eight nine million dollars a year because I am a starter. They can't pay me one or two million dollars a year. That just ain't. That's crazy now. I mean, eight nine million dollars a year. <laughs> that's backup money for for most quarterbacks uh, in the National Football League. But I do think Desmond Ritter because I've seen him, and obviously I got to see if it translates. Kevin, but yeah, I, I think. And you notice. It's easy to draft Desmond Ritter when you got a similar style quarterback as a starter. You, you don't got guys with two totally different skill sets. You don't got one guy who's a dual threat and the other guy who's a statue that throws. Both guys are tall. Both guys got big arms. Both, both guys got wheels. And I think Desmond Ritter's going to learn behind a guy like Marcus Mariota and learn a lot about the position because it's not about playing the position. It's about understanding what the position really is, what your responsibilities are. Are you ready to step in and, and keep us ahead of the chains? And once again, I don't think Atlanta ever lost a game because of Matty Ice. They didn't lose it because of him. They were only in games because of him. And that's taking nothing away from everybody around him. That's where it'll be fine. I just think that any time a rookie has to step in and play, especially at the quarterback position, it's going to be a huge, a huge <laughs> uh, leap. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, but but I, but I think I think he's, I think he's built. For I it. just wonder what the like I said. I, I just want to bring that up because you know obviously it kind of goes in passing. Oh, and the Falcons did draft a quarterback relatively. High in the draft in the third round that most people weren't expecting. Uh, once they got to a certain point, a lot of people said, okay, they're going to make a play for a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young or somebody in the next wave of quarterbacks in 2023. And obviously they didn't do that. I don't know if that precludes them from getting a quarterback in 2023, Ben. But no, 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 no. you have a guy that obviously you, you used third-round draft capital on. Uh, and we've seen third-round guys make it in this league and and do good things. I, I just wonder... What the 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 idea is is if he gets on the field is that bad news uh, for the Falcons uh, in year one if he has to get out there and play? We got more to come. We'll hear from John Shipley, Jaguar Report. Jags getting ready for their uh, rookie camp as well. They just signed the number one overall pick to his deal, and obviously the Jags are getting sued by a former player. We'll talk to him. Get the very latest on that when we come back. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. <laughs> 